here, but he's here today, and uh, I have to kind of keep myself under control. Now, we're talking about the afterlife, and uh, I hope that what you're hereafter is to hear about the hereafter, because that's what I'm going to be speaking about. And this week, we, my family and I, we definitely were focused on the afterlife, uh, because I rented an RV, and uh, they, they did not know whether or not we were going to make it uh, at any moment. Uh, I had had the thing about about an hour, uh, and I backed it into the guardrail and uh, lost my security deposit right up front. And um, we, you know, we stayed at Jellystone uh, Park with uh, Yogi and Boo Boo, and uh, we did that. And we went to Dinosaur World in uh, Kentucky, where they've got about 150 dinosaur carcasses laying around out there, and the kids love to go and see that, and uh, no, no one moves, but, but it's fascinating. And uh, we went to uh, th- this uh, mammoth cave. Of course, I got to embarrass the kids and ask the guy, you know, how long it took him to dig it and stuff like that, and I just love to embarrass my, my children. Uh, but we, we pulled into this uh, RV park at about 11 o'clock, because we, we had had such a fun day, and uh, on down the road, and uh, there were no campfires and no children, and and uh, there was there were these people starting to come out, and this uh, woman was there with uh, orthodontically challenged woman with with uh, not a lot of teeth and just looking at us and uh, viciously, and uh, we didn't know if we were going to make it out alive. The kids came up said, "We're afraid, we're afraid," and and we were afraid, but we. <laughs> We acted like we were not afraid, but but we didn't know uh, because this they lived there and they didn't like us being in their place. And so uh, we made it out and did not have to move into the afterlife uh, before it was our time. But we thought of a lot about it that whole trip and especially them with me, uh, me driving. But right now, I'm going to ask you to to do something that's hard for me to do. I'm going to ask you to focus on some stuff because I think that. This message could really make a difference uh, in some folks' lives. Because one of the most uh, uh, disheartening surveys that I read from the Pew Institute is that about 50% or more evangelical Christians sitting in church today believe that there's more than one way to heaven. That's what they say on a certain... There's more than one way. Now, I just don't understand that and I'm going to try to show you why I don't understand that. Uh, there are a lot of differing views about heaven and a lot of people telling folks what they want to hear about heaven. But listen to this. Timothy 4.45 says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. You know, one of the, um, the folks that tickled a lot of ears was actually born in Indiana. His name was Jim Jones. He told people what they wanted to hear, and then he took the money uh, from them that he wanted to have. And he did it by telling them everything that they wanted to hear. He tickled their ears and took control and eventually took them to California, then to Ghana, and uh, then hundreds of people died in a mass suicide uh, that he 
uh, engineered uh, with cyanide and Kool-Aid. And uh, all of this from a, a sex addict, a, a drug addict, who was telling people stuff they wanted to hear. It just shows how far away from the truth we can get when we focus on a person or a personality and not on Jesus Christ. And, and you know, many people back in those days of Jim Jones and, and Jim Baker and Jim Swaggart, uh, and if your name was Jim, it just didn't go well for you back, back then. Uh, but in those days, we saw so many people heartbroken because they had followed a person, not the person of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, when you get away from the truth, you get in trouble. Uh, I, I mentioned the last time I preached that I, right before Christmas, I broke this leg, uh, tore my ACL and my meniscus. And so uh, when it didn't just, the pain didn't just go away, I went to see Dr. Dewey. Now, Dr. Dewey, uh, his name really should be Dr. Donty, because he says to me all the time, don't eat this, don't uh, have too much salt, don't drink those things. So I would think Dr. Donty versus Dr. Dewey would be more appropriate. But anyway, he told me that I was going to have to, uh, you know, have surgery uh, to fix this leg. And I went to a specialist and and uh, I've got to have a, a, a cadaver's ACL put in me. So if you've got a dead body laying around the house, I need a piece of it to go in inside of me. But. That's the truth that I was going to have to endure the pain of surgery. That's truth that I didn't want to hear, but it's truth. Now, my grandfather, if I had gone to him, you know, there was a movie, uh, Big Fat Greek Wedding, where the grandfather sprayed Windex on everything. Well, my grandfather believed everything could be healed with Jergens lotion. Now... If I'd gone to him, I could have believed sincerely that Jergens lotion was going to fix that knee. I could have poured it all over the outside, but it wasn't going to fix it until the surgery was done. And, and you can believe something, but if it isn't believable, it's not going to help you. So I want to talk to you about some truths that a lot of people don't like to hear. And the first one is this, that not... All religions are equal. But you hear a lot of people say that. You know, all religions are equal. Just go believe something. Like that's just some little thing that we do as human beings. That monkeys don't do. But we do it. And uh, it's like we've evolved from monkeys. But we have this religious thing that monkeys don't have. It's just there. Now, all religions cannot be equal. When some religions say that, you know, you, you don't go to heaven immediately, you get reincarnated until you finally develop this awareness to where you can be one with God. Now, if you get reincarnated as a tick, I do not understand how a tick one day wakes up and go, oh, I get it. So now I can be reincarnated as a dog. And, and then maybe a, a monkey. And, and then finally I get to, to go to heaven. I don't, I, I don't get that. My favorite religion is Zoroastrianism. 
And because and when I first saw that, I thought it's a belief in Zorro. And I liked that as a little kid. But the Zoroastrianist uh, religion uh, believes that when we align ourselves with celestial beings and these uh, gods that now live in islands and mountains, then eventually we can uh, line up and get on up to heaven. That is not equal to another faith that says there's no sin There's no bad stuff. There's just nothing. And that's not equal to the atheist religion that believes that you live and then poof, you're dead and it's over. And that was what it was all about. That's not equal to another religion that says that if you just be good enough, you can make it to heaven. And that's not equal to another religion that says you can never be good enough to get to heaven. And you got to have somebody come along And be the way and the truth and the life to get you to heaven. They're not all equal. So, if they're not all equal, then we've got to find the one that is the way. Now, um, you know, I've I've tried to, to do good things for people, but I don't... Do those good things because I think God's going to one day look down on me and go, wow, that that is amazing. And a lot of people think that that's that they're good enough. You know, after they've killed three people, they they get interviewed. Well, I'm really a good person inside. Well, I don't understand that. But we we were down in Tennessee to see this new little baby uh, named Tucker and uh, Tucker's parents apartment was next to the dollar store, which is really uh, handy. If you have a new baby to be next to the dollar store, because there's a lot of diapers in there. And of course, I embarrassed our kids. We went in there and and I asked the lady, if I have a price question, could I just ask you? And of course, the kids thought that was hilarious. And um, but there was dollar store and then the trash bin that and trash was all over the hill by where the people came in to see the baby. So I thought, I, you know, I could pick up all this trash as a gift to them so that they wouldn't be embarrassed. People coming in, seeing all this trash. So I'm out there and I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart for three minutes when I think, what a bad idea this really was. And I'm just hoping and praying that the teenagers will come out. And sure enough, here they came about five minutes later. And so they said, hey, what are you doing? I said, well, I thought we uh, we could pick up all this trash so that when people came to see the baby, then they uh, they wouldn't be embarrassed. And they said, oh, you you are amazing. Could we have some money to go to the dollar store? And and off they they went. So it didn't really work out. But but, you know, uh, I, that was a good thing. And, and I think, well, if I hadn't told you about it, I would have gotten rewarded in heaven. But now that I've told you about it, there's no reward. But that I gave up my reward in heaven, that actually gets me a reward for giving up the reward. So anyway, it works out fine. But the point is, picking up trash is not going to get me into heaven. Nothing like that gets you into heaven if you don't have the foundation of the faith that is real. Now, I like to bake. I like to bake pumpkin pies. I actually use real pumpkins and bake the pumpkin to make eight or nine pumpkin pies. Around Thanksgiving. I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of varieties of pumpkin pie, a lot of different levels of spices and stuff and different kinds of crust. But if you don't have pumpkin, you do not have a pumpkin pie. 
You may have essence of pie or something like that, but it's not a pumpkin pie without pumpkin. That has to be the foundation. And if your faith doesn't have have God in it, the real God, the, the, the triune God that has Jesus in it, if that's not the foundation, you don't have anything. I'm not saying Jesus is the big pumpkin of, of religion. I'm saying that Jesus has to be there as the foundation. If you look at this verse, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, that is Jesus Christ. Now, all roads do not lead to heaven. You can't have a road over here saying there's no sin while you've got this road with Jesus dying for sin, saying that's how you get to heaven. Those roads don't go to the same place. You can't have a road over here that says Jesus is a prophet and a road over here that says Jesus is God's Son and our Savior. Those roads don't get to the same place ever. You can't have a road over here saying that uh, if you're just good enough, you're going to do good enough stuff, you get there, and another road over here saying nobody's good enough and you need a Savior. Those roads do not end up in the same place. And then, how sincerely a person believes is much less important than the truth of those beliefs. Now, when I was growing up, you'd hear this a lot. Well, you know, if you're just sincere about whatever you believe, if you're just sincere, then that's okay. Then just so you believe it sincerely. Well, you know, ever since 9-11, you don't hear that very much. Because those people that, that killed thousands of people in those jet airplanes going into buildings, they were really sincere in what they believed. They were sincerely believing that on the other side of their death were 70 virgins waiting them. Imagine being a female in a religion that is so demeaning and objectifying of women that they are just used in heaven. I just don't under... People say it's hard to believe Jesus Christ died on a cross to save us from our sins. I just find that a lot less difficult to believe than some of the other stuff that people believe. Sincerity does not get you into heaven. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. Now, how do we know that we have the truth? What's the evidence that... that 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 is true, what I just said there. That there's only one God, one mediator, and that's Jesus Christ. Well, one of the things that I think is so reassuring is, if you look at Psalm twenty-two sixteen, it says his hands and feet were pierced, were going to be pierced, 700 years before they were crucifying people and piercing hands and feet, where they were just stoning people to death. That's how everybody died sto through stoning, how they killed them. They said he was going to be pierced in his death. And, and he was. Zechariah 11.13 said that... Uh, that 11.12 says that his betrayal was going to cost 30 pieces of silver. And it did cost 30 pieces of silver. Next verse 13 says it's going to be used to buy a plot of land. And it was used to buy a plot of land. 
Psalm 22, 1 says he was going to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that's exactly what he said based on eyewitnesses. It said that he would be buried in a rich man's tomb in Isaiah 53, 9. And he was. And Psalm 16, 10 said he would be resurrected. And he was. And Psalm 68, 18 said he would ascend into heaven. And he did based on the eyewitnesses that were there and what they wrote in the Gospels. And really, that is the second uh, reason. Not only that all these prophecies came through, but there were eyewitnesses that saw him walking around after he was resurrected. In fact, uh, there were 500 or so people that saw him according to Paul, after he was resurrected. And then these other authors that aren't in the Bible, like uh, Clement of Alexandria, Polycarp, Ignatius, people like that wrote about him. They're not in the Bible, but they were historians, and they wrote about him. And every one of those writers writes about a miracle-producing Jesus and a resurrected Jesus. And so if it... Let's just say that he wasn't miraculous and he wasn't resurrected. With all of these eyewitnesses writing about this, let's just say the writing actually said nothing about miracles, nothing about resurrection. But today we have these manuscripts that say he caused miracles to happen, that say he was resurrected. It would be the biggest hoax ever put upon the literary world and historical documents Ever. And what I'm saying is it would be impossible to do that. When some of these guys wrote, like uh, Polycarp wrote, he said, there's still people walking around who were healed by Jesus Christ. So when I see this, that sure helps me to believe that this is the truth. But there's another source that makes me believe that it's true. And that is people seeing Jesus Today, one of our donors at New Life, Jewish woman, listened to our program. One day we said, you know, if you if you say, God, if you're real, make yourself known to me. He will. You'll be found by him. He'll be found by you. She's in bed one night and all of a sudden this bright light comes on in her bedroom and it's Jesus standing at the foot of the bed. She says, Jesus, what are you doing in the bedroom of a Jewish woman? And the next day she accepts Christ as her Savior. If you go on the Internet, you will see literally thousands of stories about Muslim, Hindu, Buddhists who are having visions, dreams and one on one experiences with Jesus Christ. In fact, it's so common that missionaries are witnessing to people by asking them a question. Have you seen a man in white show up in your dreams? And they say, yes, what does it mean? One man sat down and Jesus had dinner with him. And he goes to this missionary and says, what does this mean for me? And he comes to Christ after that experience with Jesus. Jesus is showing up in the lives of people across this world today. And they are coming to Christ, even though, I mean, the uh, wife of the uh, Secretary of Interior of Pakistan. I'll just read this. She said, I found myself having supper with a man I knew to be Jesus. He had come to visit me in my home and stayed for two days. He sat across the table from me and in peace and joy 
we ate dinner together that caused her to question everything she had ever heard about Jesus. And she came to Christ. I'm telling you, it's exciting what Jesus is doing today. Now, there's one more thing, one more point here. What you can do for God is a lot less important than what God did for you. You just think about it. The crucifixion of Jesus is the only thing that makes sense of how we're going to enter into heaven, into the presence of a holy God. In this world, evil demands a response. And the response is the crucifixion of Jesus, the perfect combination of justice and grace, of truth and grace. It just can't be ignored. It, it's the penalty of sin paid for by Jesus and grace. It is so simple and so profound. It is a stumbling block to many. Now, if you just bear with me on this long passage, this really does explain it perfectly. And this passage is worth taking home and just reading over a few times. It says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just. And he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. How arrogant that we could believe that we could do something to impress God. But here it is explained how all of us, anyone, could enter into the gates of heaven. Even Hitler. Can you imagine that the penalty of the sins of Adolf Hitler were Paid for on the cross and all Hitler would have had to have done is to weep and mourn and repent of those horrible sins he committed. Except Jesus' penalty for all that sin and even Hitler. Even your mother-in-law could have entered into heaven if they had just seen that the penalty for their sin that must be paid had been paid for by Jesus 
on the cross. In the words of Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I was talking to a woman on the beach one time, and, and uh, she said, what do you do? And I said, I speak. She said, I know, I hear you. Uh, I said, well, I, not that. I, I'm actually, uh, I preach and stuff. She goes, oh, wow, what do you preach about? I said, well, Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. Really? Yeah, oh, love him so much. I said, well, what about that place in the Bible that says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to me except, no one comes to the Father except through me. And she says, I don't believe he said that. I said, well, if you don't believe he said that, then there are probably a lot of other parts of the Bible you don't believe. And I realized that really what a lot of people want is not a Bible, but they want to rip out all the difficult things and just have a little love leaflet about Jesus' love and just have that love leaflet. Jesus loves the little children of the world. That's what they want. A little hymnal and a love leaflet. But let me tell you something. That love leaflet needs to have in there the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus if we're going to see God in heaven. It says you enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. Jesus is the way. And the gate is just narrow and it's just the size of Jesus. That's how narrow it is. But the gateway to hell is broad. The creator of the universe has a criteria for getting into his home. Do you have criteria for people coming into your home? We have criteria for people coming into our home. We do not let naked people come into our home. If you show up at our door naked, we will not let you come in and say, hey, have a seat on our sofa. No way. If you have a gun, we're not going to say, hey, come on in. We have some criteria. Now, if we are entitled to have criteria to invite people into our home, isn't the creator of the universe entitled to have his own criteria? And he just made the criteria his son. You accept what Jesus did so you can be in the presence of a holy God. You can be made righteous through his sacrifice. Jesus is not only the way, he is the truth. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth has been slandered. We have what might be called truth decay. See what I'm saying? And, and people need to brush up on their Bible if they have truth decay because that's where the truth is. Christ's life and resurrection, they were prophesied. His crucifixion is the only thing that really makes sense where we could, as unholy people, stand in the presence of a holy God. And yet so many people will turn their back on that truth. Other religions know Jesus. But even in our faith, our Christian faith, we have weird stuff. People have Jesus plus other stuff. Like, like you believe in Jesus, but you, but you can't have any sin. So anybody that's like, I've heard people say, if you smoke, you're going to hell. 
What? I mean, you smell like hell, but you, you are not going to hell. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I'm a, I, I'm a, I was a two-pack-a-day smoker. I know about smoking. People say, well, if you have any unconfessed sin. So if somebody cuts you off on the freeway and you get angry at them and bitter and resentment and like tell them where to go and then a Mack truck comes along and kills you before you can confess that sin. Well, bad luck. You go to hell. You were a Christian, but because you didn't confess the sin, you go to hell. What is that? That's ridiculous. Some people say suicide. You instantly go to hell. Where does that come from? Where does it say that if you kill yourself, that's the unpardonable sin? I mean, I'm not encouraging suicide. There are some people in my life I've wanted. But uh, I'm saying that you've got to either believe this or not. It isn't, it isn't Jesus plus some other little weird thing there. It's Jesus. You accept Jesus as your Savior, and that's it. And we're all going to be sinning until the day we die. I've sinned a couple of times while I've been up here. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, maybe. All right. So anyway, I'm just saying that it's Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. And he's the life. Some people, you know, John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill and destroy. Satan loves to kill. He loves to kill babies. Time of Moses, killing babies. Jesus, killing babies. Today, abortion, killing babies. Satan loves to kill. Suicide loves to kill. But Jesus has come to give us life and give it more abundantly. Some people think sex is the life. Some people think money is the life. Some people think that work is the life. But Jesus is the life and he gives us life. And no one comes to the Father Except through him. Look at this first John 4.10. This is real love. Not that we love God. But that he loved us. And sent his son. As a sacrifice to take away our sins. One of my favorite people in history is Blaise Pascal. He invented the first mechanical calculator about 1643. He, uh, was a, he developed the first taxi system in France. He was wealthy. Gave it all up to write about Jesus. He developed the theory of probability. In fact, they're using that theory in Vegas today. He would hate that because he was a very dedicated Christian. And he said, you know, if you look, and they call this Pascal's wager. He said, if you look at the upside and the downside of your beliefs, you would always choose to believe in Jesus. He says, if you believe that God is and he is not you miss a few things on earth that get a lot of people in trouble anyway. But if you believe that God is not, and He is, you miss a lot of great things on earth, and you miss heaven forever. He says any logical, brilliant human being looking at the downside of one and the downside of the other, would believe that God is. And, and every person here has the opportunity to believe that God is and that His Son died on the cross. 
There's another reason that I believe Jesus is real and true. It's because of what Jesus did for me. I once was blind, but now I see. When I was over here trying to be a good person, I did the most vile things ever. Without Jesus, I'm a sex addict, a a non-recovering alcoholic, a person full of shame for paying for an abortion. I'm I'm living a life. I'm, I'm probably the worst of the worst today if I had stayed on the same path. But through God's grace and me convincing Darren, I get to preach up here in a great church. Without Jesus... I am a mess and I have lived that life. And with Jesus, life is something exciting and meaningful, even with a broken leg and a torn ACL. So what about you? Did you come in here thinking there were a lot of different ways? Did you come in here thinking that Jesus really didn't matter that much? I want to invite you to choose Jesus. You can accept Jesus as your Savior right now. And you can be baptized in that cute little uh, pool right over there. And life can be different forever. And that's what I've been praying would happen today. That some people would come in not knowing, questioning, not really committed and say, You know what? It's time that I believe in the resurrected Jesus. The miraculous Jesus. Because when that sinks in to us, the power of that, we stop judging each other. We stop criticizing and we start loving and accepting and being the grace filled people of God that God's called us to be. So. um, If you decide today. I want Jesus right here. I want to accept his penalty for my sin. You write that down on that card. Put it in the offering plate. We'll follow up with you. Or you come down here when people are praying and we'll pray with you. And if you want to be baptized today, you can be. God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. That's the faith I want to be a part of. Let me pray. God, I pray right now Your Holy Spirit would fill someone that needs You that they would stop dancing on the fringe of faith and dive in and let you come into their life. That they would say, Lord, I can't ever be good enough, but your sacrifice on that cross paid the penalty for my sin. And I accept that as my way to enter through the narrow gate. In your name I pray. Amen. Would you help me?